My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. For the final time in 2023, welcome to the post Abu Dhabi Grand Prix race chinwag. We're going to wag some chins here, people. Thank you for joining me. Roll intro. How are we doing, everyone, live on YouTube, audio only? After the fact on YouTube, wherever you are, don't forget to like and subscribe and rate and five star and all that stuff. I know you reminded you at the very start, audio only listeners, but I'm going to remind you again. And look, look at the pinkness in the background. I've had this LED light. In fact, I'm going to show you, right? I've had this, this light bar. Right, you can't. It doesn't really look very pink. Ooh, look at look how pink it makes me look. Right, I've had this for ages, and I'm like, well, I'm not using it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it here. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how it is. What what do we think? Do do we like it? Is it a yay or nay? I th I think it works quite well. I like it. I like it. I need to lean into the pink a bit more. You know, I need to own it. And we're gonna try we're gonna try things out. Okay, in this off season, we're gonna try things out. Like I said before, these live podcasts are gonna come back. Thick and fast next year, and I think that's a Minton at the door. Is that a Minton at the door? It is. It is. Minton, come in. Come in. If you're going to scratch at the door, then at least say hello to your adoring fans. Look, I'm showing you Minton without even giving you an ad to watch. Um, looks like Darth Vader's last stream. <laughs> that's the exact look I was going for, Christopher. That's the exact look I was going for. Look at him. Look at him. He was sleeping in the bedroom, and now he heard me talking. He's like, I'm going to. Gatecrash the stream, um, say hello to all of my adoring fans, and then I'm going to sleep. So here he is. You can see his little eyes closing gradually. Good boy, aren't you? You're very good. You are very... Did anyone else see as well? I got him on Sky Sports again. <laughs> I got him on Sky Sports again. Listen, listen. And I was like, I send a clip in, you know, might get featured. Um, talking about your most memorable moment of the year. Best moment of the year, however you want to put it. Um, I was like, okay, cool. But I'm going to have to have Minton on my shoulder. That's just kind of how it how it works. Anyway, thank you all for coming. Thank you, Halita, Bismarck, Bahari, Hamza, Pistachio, Oliver, Matthew, Patrick, Road Rage, Aleph, Martin, Macklin, Niels, Derso, Theodore, Pitlay, Mizik, Charmander, Supra, Sava, Christopher, Ray, BW, Noah, Freya, Daniel, Moon One, Astra, Lane, Ricardo, Will, Bruno, Matthew, Rosaline, Menace, Professor Z, Dan, Bernie, Adam. I'm going to keep going. Leslie, Caligar, Alex, Xavier, Who's, Charles, T, J, Dawood, Kaylee, Wetwater, Molly, Vivian, Mika, PP, Adonis, Nuttawa, Philip, Otto, Daddy Fett, Jack, Jerome, Adrian, Jason. I'll like to think at some point, if you come back to these streams often enough, I will get to your name at some point. I'm trying, I'm trying my best. But anyway, anyway, right, cool. How long we've we've been live for like five minutes and I've not even talked about anything, anything to do with the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So let's get started. Again, quick reminder, audio only, Apple Podcast, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Do all that. Just even if you don't typically if you, if you typically watch this on YouTube, just just get just go on your phone and just sort it out now. Just, just do it now, okay? Why not? Why not? Um, yes, do that. Okay, right. 
Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, rating out of 10. Live chat, can you give me some numbers, please? Can you give me some numbers? Live chat. Eight out of 10. Race rating out of 10. Ooh, interesting. Hmm, I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks here. Uh six, six, five, four, four, three, six, two, six, four, seven, four, six, two, seven, five, seven, four, six, six, seven, seven, six, seven. Yuki led some laps, so ten. Daniel, I'll rate that. I'll rate that. Eight. Ending was good, that was about it. Okay, okay. So actually, you know what? What I'm going to do is the poll. Uh, so race. Oh, actually, that's something with this new with this new microphone location. Hang on, let's move that there. Here we go. Race rating out of ten. I've got a new arm for my microphone that's much less pro. Like it, it's not it's not in the way of the camera shot anymore. Um, but also I need to kind of put my arm under it to type. So hmm. So I'm going to go seven or higher. I'm going to go in reverse order this time. A six, a five. Or a four or lower. I think that's maybe the most appropriate based off of your uh, based off of your shouts anyway in the live chat. Again, if you're not here live, no problem, right? I'm gonna try and mix up the timings a bit more of these next year so that people watching who who can't watch live maybe can watch live. And I've done that a few times this year, innit? I did that one that I started at like eight AM UK time and Bosh. Um Max Alonso post-race interview carried the weekend. That was very good. Max interviewing Fernando was uh, was good vibes. Not going to lie. Engaged at enjoying pit stop strategy and Charles fighting Max for a minute. Indeed, indeed. Australia gang, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, what are you saying? 14% of you have said seven or higher. Six, sorry, 40% of you. 41% of you or 40% of you saying six. 27% um, of you giving it a five. 17% of you have given it a four or lower. Now, again, I, I, I do my graphics beforehand. For me, it was a three. I, I thought this race was a stinker. Again, five is like bang average. This was a below average race. So, sorry. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That race was not interesting. It just wasn't. It was kind of boring. Come on. Come on, come on, you lot, you lot are far too. I'm sorry, you lot are too generous. You lot are too generous. That, come on, come on, tell me, right? Oh, a bit of pit stop strategy. Oh, like how much will to will for like absolute position did we have? Like, yeah, Charles gave Max something to think about off the start, but it wasn't a sustained battle. The gap stayed pretty similar and gradually grew over the course of the race. Yeah, Yuki did well. He was leading at one point. Obviously, that was a vibe. But that's because he didn't pit by that stage. So come on, like let's be real. That was maybe by Abu Dhabi standards, it, it was average. But by ten being the perfect Grand Prix, one being the worst, one being the worst of all time, that will not live long in the memory in any way, shape, or form. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. Last sector kills any. You know what? The thing is that that circuit, I think on paper it should be alright because you've got two good passing opportunities. I. I don't think, I've got a theory. I don't think it's a circuit that's so much the problem. I think that when you've got a circuit at the end of the season, because again, look, I thought Interlagos was a bit of a stinker. I mean, I, we, we didn't agree on that either because I thought that race was a bit of a stinker. Like, I love Interlagos. It's one of my favourite circuits. 
great circuits can have bad races. That Spa has many a bad race, okay? It's still a great circuit. But I, I think being at the end of the season, there is differences of, you know, what's on the line is very different to at the start of the year. And I would argue, you know, especially those down towards the bottom, you know, the drivers are racing for themselves, but only the teams, you know, certain teams, you know, Ferrari and Mercedes had had something to fight for, AlphaTauri and Williams. Other than that, eh, I don't know. I can't prove that. I can't prove that that makes a difference to Abu Dhabi, but I would have, I reckon if you swapped Abu Dhabi and Bahrain, I think the average Abu Dhabi race would be better than it is now. And I think the average Bahrain race would be worse than it is now. Do you know what I mean? That's what I think anyway. But um, yeah, for me, it's free. Sorry. Sorry. I just, I'm not as, got high standards, okay? I'm a man with high standards. <laughs> oh, hello, Seamus. Good to see you, mate. Um, it's just a DRS trend. Yeah, look, it, it kind of, it kind of was, but then obviously you get, you know, someone breaks the toe and then you, well, you break the, the second anyway for DRS and it, it was just, it was just, eh, there wasn't anything super redeeming. It, it would have got a bump up in rating if Leclerc's strategy at the end to drop behind Perez and try and hold up George, but he didn't really hold up George. And it seemed like Charles wanted to do that sooner, but Ferrari didn't respond to it. And for sure, he should have... I think if Charles and Ferrari had communicated a bit better in those last kind of couple of laps after Checo got his five-second drop, they could have maybe orchestrated something. It was worth a shot. It was 100% worth a shot. It, it was worth Charles... If it meant potentially getting an extra position in the constructors, but the downside is losing a podium entirely to Perez and George, it's it's worth it's worth it for sure. Like, all right, Charles, yeah, cool, podium's nice, but at the end of the day, if, if it means potentially getting an extra constructors position, I think they should have risked more Ferrari at the end. That could have been more interesting. Um, but yeah, sorry, sorry, Abigail. I, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly what you said. Strategic fight for second, which kind of came close, but we didn't like. There wasn't that back. And, I mean, Carlos was never in the race. If Carlos had been up in the race, it had been a bit more interesting for sure. Lewis was struggling pace all weekend. Yuki was leading because he did a one stop. Like, you know I love Yuki, right? I'm 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 here. I'm I'm here for it, but this race was a four it four if I'm I I was thinking maybe a four. Maybe I'll be generous and give it a four, but no. No. I'm happy with three, sorry. I'm happy with three. Thank you, Lemons, by the way, for the super chat. They changed the rules in Abu Dhabi twenty one for entertainment. Why not do it again this year? Oh lemons. Whew. That's a, it's a spicy lemon, right? Well, there's different varieties of lemon that's very spicy. <laughs> Look, listen, I, I think that, well, they did kind of change the pit. Oh, briefly, on that whole pit exit thing, Max overtaking people in the pit lane. Like, I understand that you are technically allowed to do that in the rules, but you shouldn't be allowed to do that in the rules. I'm glad they've changed it because it's just ridiculous when you've got cars trying to overtake down the pit. Like, it was ridiculous in Brazil. It was ridiculous in Abu Dhabi as far as I'm concerned. It's not for me. It's not about, oh, well, it's technically in the rules. It's like, what well, I think the rules should be. I'm, I'm only going to talk on this sport of what I think the rules should be. In the same way with, like, Perez and Norris's um, clash, for example. Um, 
I'm not interested in talking about like what the rules actually are in F1 because I don't agree with a lot of the rules in F1. It's what I think it should be. But regardless, um, yeah, I, I think that I think mandate mandate a minimum speed maybe through the from pit exit fr from the end of the pit lane to pit exit. If you mandate a minimum speed through there, or like you've got you've got a limiter, haven't you? Obviously down the pit lane, maybe you enforce that limiter along there. So then there's just it's just not a conversation anymore because it's just stupid, no? It's just stupidity. I just it's just dumb, but whatever. Although I like to, I saw after I gave it a free four or lower jumped up to twenty seven percent of the vote. So influencer, okay. <laughs> Oh dear, I can be a little cringy bastard sometimes, can't I? There you go. Anyway, anyway, right. That was a three out of ten for me. And the race result: Max Verstappen takes win number nineteen. Nineteen. Imagine if we'd had a full twenty-four um, race season as well. If we had Imola, if we had China, you wouldn't you wouldn't back against um, bet against Max to uh, to win them two and all. But yeah, he's got um, courtesy of Tommy, big up Tom Bellingham, of course, um, for this one. Max has the most wins in a row, 10, and the third most wins in a row, seven, in, this, in the same season. He achieved them both in 2023. So Carlos Sainz, if anything, done Max a favour a bit, really. Because it's like you can actually, instead of just having one ridiculous 17 in a row record, here's, um, here's two his first and third, you know? It was very kind of Carlos to uh to, to take that. <laughs> to take that. Very kind of him. Uh thank you, Daniel, by the way, for the uh, for the for the super chat as well, for the live streams this year, Daniel. You're a good man, Daniel. It was a pleasure to meet you earlier this year. Actually, have I shown you what Daniel got me? Right. So so Daniel, I met at um so Daniel won tickets. So remember when I gave away tickets via head out? after um, Austria to go to Hungary. Daniel won tickets. So I saw Daniel in Austria and I saw Daniel in Hungary. Daniel very kindly gave me this old Williams cap. Vintage, vintage style. And what's that flag on the back? Bit of Maldonado. Look at that. Legend. Now it is, it is a, I think it's a child's hat. So obviously, like it literally, it doesn't even come close to I've got a big head, right? But like, it's not that big. So, oh, we got Montoya. No, oh, that's so bad. That's so bad from me. <laughs> it's Montoya, isn't it? Of course it is. That is that's that that's a certified Lomo moment. That is that is a shocker. Um, <laughs> how did I? Why did I think that was Maldonado? That's jokes. But yeah, look at that. Classic. It's kind of, it's not actually side, it's like uh, stitched in. It's quite cool. Um, but yeah, Daniel's, Daniel's, uh, it's been a long season. Yeah, you know what? That's not an excuse. I'll be honest, that's not an excuse. I appreciate you tried to give me something there, but I've just got to take the L on that one. This is definitely Montoya and not Maldonado. Montoya's like one of my favourite drivers of all time as well. I just... Just didn't come to mind in that moment, but there you go. Anyway, thank you, Daniel. You're a, you're a hero. And yes, uh, plans on any races next year? I've got no plans to, but typically, I mean, obviously, if, if there's opportunities that come up, like when I went to like Miami 
um, and the stuff we've had out as well. That kind of manifests quite last minute. But I'm keen to not have too many plans this year and just kind of take it as it take it as it goes. You know what I mean? I can't believe I said Maldonado instead of once. <laughs> Says a lot about how much of a uh, an impact that man left on the sport. Um, anyway. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Canuyo, by the way, as well for joining friends of Tom. I appreciate that. Two pound a month, people. Two pound a month. But yeah. Anyway, right, cool, cool. Anyway, back to the race, back to the race, back to the race. So Max one, Charles Leclerc P2, George Russell P3. How many times in a row has Charles put it on the front row? Hang on. I had a, I had a oh, let me see if I can find it. There was a good oh, it might be in the, my history. There was a really good graph of everyone's qualifying positions. And I can't remember the website it was on. Is it five? Five. Jeez. Five in a row. Front row, Charles Leclerc. Man, that sorry. This this guy, this guy is 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 up there. Like seriously, come on. Come on. G give him the car and he'll fight toe to toe with Max. No doubt. No doubt. He is the Kimi Rakkonen to Max being Schumacher. In their like, you know prime kind of 2004 free, free to like that kind of era he is him oh yeah he is him absolutely absolutely and you know what like he didn't make a mistake in qualifying you know Lando made the mistake in qualifying Shaw hooked it up Shaw absolutely hooked it up but there you go <laughs> DH is back again choreographed I should get DH I should get you as a producer DH <laughs> Um, and then George Russell on the podium as well. Great drive from George. Very good drive from George. Especially impressive to me given the recent struggles he's had. So my video last week was all about him making too many mistakes. Didn't put a foot wrong this weekend. Had a good little battle with Oscar. Got through in the end. So I'm avoiding the British. But I mean, Katie, I'm going to be avoiding them allegations for as long as I live. As long, for as long as my passport... Well, it's no longer maroon. It's blue now because I've got, I've got the non-European passport. Because of Brexit, um, it's funny actually. When I, when I got that passport, I remember I posted on my story. I got it years ago. When I was quite early to get it because I needed my passport. It was up for renewal, and I posted a picture and I was like, "Yes, got the new passport." And I think a lot that made a lot of people think I was like a big Brexiteer. And I was like, "No, no, I just think it looks nice because it's a little bit smaller, a little bit more compact. It looked really nice." But no, I, I'm, I'm very happy to say that I don't endorse Brexit. But there you go. We have suffered for our crimes of... Uh, I still literally remember where I was when I found out that Brexit was happening. I was in a tent in Glastonbury. I found out. Throwback. Uh, thank you, Leslie, for the super chat as well. George saw that vid and said, bet. Listen, I, George was qu quoted. He said he watches F1... He watches stuff on YouTube. If George watches YouTube... The chance of him being recommended at least one pink video of mine, especially one with his face in it. I don't know, right? I don't know. It's like, what, do you remember that Formula E video I made ages ago? I like Formula E more now. I'm still not, I'm still not a fan of the series, but I like it more than I used to. I think it's definitely improved. But then Daniel, was it Daniel Abt, like commented on it. And I was like, oh, God. 
But he was. I think I was fair. I think I was fair, and he was fair in his response. You know, so yeah, the sound, the sounds just will never, will never do anything for me, unfortunately. But there you go. Um, Checo P4 recovered somewhat. Obviously, bad qualifying. Lap deleted. Started P9. Recovered to P4. Lando and Oscar P5 and six. Difficult race. Kind of what could have been. Um, Alonso Sonoda. So Sonoda could not hold on to his P6 where he qualified. Uh, Lewis P9, bad race for him. Very bad race for Lewis, actually. Uh, Lance Stroll P10, the final point on the boards. And uh, Daniel Ricciardo just outside the points. Ocon Gasly, Albon, Hulkenberg, Sergeant Joe, Science Bottas, Magnussen round out the finishing order. Science retired right at the end, didn't he? Because he's down as a DNF on the F1 website, yet he's still... Even though Bottas and Magnussen finished the race, he did, you know, more than them. Um, Sergio on unfair penalty. Yeah, we'll get we'll get onto the penalty for Sergio for sure. We'll we'll get onto that. Don't you worry. And yeah, Matt's got fastest lap as well. So full twenty six points for him, which means the twenty twenty three driver standings end like this. Max Verstappen five hundred and seventy five points, over a thousand laps led as well. Christian Horner dropped that, dropped that one in the post. Uh, Post-race, post-race radio to Max. Checo, 285. Lewis, 234. So Perez put a bit of a gap on Hamilton at the end. Um, so consolidated P2, for sure. Then Ocon, sorry, Ocon? No, absolutely not. Um, Alonso and Leclerc, both on 206 points, but Alonso wins that on countback. Um, more P2s or maybe more P3s actually I think it was more P3s was, was it the same number of P2s him and Leclerc obviously Alonso got loads of P2s at the start but Leclerc's had his fair share I think it's more P2s maybe it's more P3s either way 206 points equal but it is more P3s there you go this is the this is why live streams are great because well also when I make mistakes I expose myself immediately, which you know what like this is that's real okay you you witnessed a real L in in person life, okay? But also it means that when I don't know things, I can just ask you, and so nothing's wrong. Unlike in my videos, when sometimes I, I get something, I have I, I, there'll be a bit of assumed knowledge that I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need to double check that because I know that's true and it won't be true, and I'm like, mm, whoops. And then the comments are just full of people being like, you got this wrong. Which, I mean, helps helps the video performance, I guess, uh, making mistakes. But I'd rather achieve that by putting little... I want to start doing that, putting little little Easter eggs in the videos and seeing if people notice. Yeah, question. So, so you picks it up in the in the comments. That's, that's, that's fun. It's more fun. Um, Lando, one point behind Fernando and Charles. Charles, Charlie, Charlie. One point behind, 205. Science down to P7. He was P4, like, one race ago? He dropped He dropped like a balloon in this last race. Lead balloon. Balloons go up if they're helium-filled. But if they're lead, they go down. <laughs> 200 points for Carlos Science. George Russell, P8. Only 25 behind Science in the end. You've got to think, you know, a few... A few of his stinkers, a few of his mistakes from George, and he could have definitely be, been in for that fight for P4, but Fernando won it in the end. 
for sure. Thank you again, Lemons, for the super chat. Did anyone get a bias calendar for Christmas? Did anyone get a bias calendar for Christmas? Did you get a bias calendar for Christmas? If you didn't, then what are you doing? You know, I have a word with. I mean, to be fair, yeah. To be to be fair, if it's you know, you shouldn't really know about your Christmas presents at the end of November. But get someone you love. Some pictures of Valtteri's bum. Okay. What more could you want? There's a really good little... I think I reshared it on my Insta, actually. Um, of of them going through the pictures. That's quite funny. It was good. Yeah, the log. Exactly, Aleph. Oh, there's someone at the door. Right, I'm going to play you an ad. Haha. <laughs> did you did you hear the, the ring? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> was he barking? No, he wasn't barking. He wasn't barking, was he? I thought... I, I, I'm sure I would have heard him if he was barking. Maybe he did. You did hear Minton bark. Oh, he did. <laughs> what are you doing? You defending the property? Right, come on. I'm glad you looked after everyone. Right, go on, get back in your bed. There you go. Right. Cool. <laughs> anyway, the battle for Alpine supremacy. Gasly comes out on top by four points in the end. Um, Sonoda jumps up. Uh, P8 in the end gained four points, but it was not it was not enough for Scuderia Afatari to jump Williams. P7 in the end for Williams. And I almost predicted that... I I actually predicted has to be above Alfa Romeo. You know when I did my video about the battle for P7. Um, so I was almost right, but I was wrong. So there you go. Because I said Williams, Alfa Tari, then I said, Hass out from her. Oh, Hass. You, you are disappoint. You are disappoint, Hass. Um, and yeah, was it uh, Mercedes, Ferrari, three points in the end between them. Again, I think if Ferrari had maybe been a bit more, been able to put, been prepared to put more on the line, because you might as well, because like, you don't get any points for finishing in the drivers apart from P1. Not, not, nothing else matters. You get every constructor's position matters. But only one driver's position actually matters. So, yeah, I, I'd like to have seen Ferrari and, and, and Shaw put more on the line to get that done. But either way, either way, it's been a... Yeah, I say it's been a good season for Ferrari. Mm, really? I don't know. Drain cover, drain cover cost Ferrari P2. <sighs> yeah, kind of did, didn't it? Kind of did. Kind of did. Gunter Steiner really should be questioned. Look, Marek, I've not been impressed with Gunter for the longest time. I know he's, he's good entertainment for the for the show, but is he the team? I'd I'd put Otmar in for sure. If I was Gene, I'd be I'd be ringing up Otmar right now. He's been loitering, isn't he? Otmar was was there this weekend. He's been at a few Grand Prix actually. Um, he was chatting to Ted on the notebook, and yeah, I I would I would be. I'd be giving up Mars number a ring, for sure, for sure. Um, isn't third place better? More CFD win tunnel time. Well, yeah. Look, I, I, Marek, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I, I think the the value the value of that money, that prize money, that twelve million dollars, ten, eleven million dollars, whatever it is, the value of that money is more important to the teams lower down because they're the ones who are not operating at a profit necessarily. And, you know, that, that money goes further for them versus the bigger teams that are going to get, they would still probably get more value, 
from 12 million versus 5% of CFD. But compared to the lower teams, no, like they're going to get proportionally more value from the CFD, if that makes sense, I would say. Um, it's true. I mean, you can't just blame the drain cover. But again, it's one of them. It's like, because that's so recent, it's like, ugh. But the thing is, you can go back, you know, Mercedes have had loads of, you can go back to what, when George's engine caught fire in Australia. Obviously the car, that was the car letting him down, right? It wasn't a, but there's plenty of times where me and Mercedes have been on the bad end of, of a bit of luck, even, you know, just badly timed safety cars and stuff like that. It's out of your control. You do what you can do at the end of the day. Omar and Bonotto won't return. I'd like to see Bonotto back, but like in an engineering role, for sure. I would like to see him back, but but more of more of an engineer, but like given that to like run with, because he's clearly a very talented engineer, but I just don't think he's a team principal. I don't think I don't think that skill set is one that gets the best out of Mattia. So, because I mean, I'm almost certain Bonotto had chats with Alpine, but I just, I mean, maybe obviously Pat Fry left Alpine. Did you see what Pat Fry was saying about? So he's left Alpine to go to Williams. And he was basically saying he didn't feel like there was enough um, desire from senior management to finish any higher than P4, basically. So then he decided to bloody go to Williams, who were even behind Alpine. But he sees more in Williams and Vows and that project than he does in Alpine, which is pretty damning, you know. Pretty damning. Thank you, Market, for the super chat. You should make a video on Haas. It's a disaster. 21 sacrifice for new regs and they flop massively. What's next for Haas? They are in no man's land. Absolutely. You know, when you put it like that as well, Market, that really does make it look bad. They completely shelved, you know, 21. Gave the seats to, to Mick and Nikita and took that L. But the old point was, oh, well, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. I mean, they're further off than ever, you know? They're further off. Well, well, no, no, that's not fair. They actually, a Haas has been in Q3. At least one Haas has been in Q3. 10 of 22, almost half the time this year. So they do have a good one lap car, but that's pointless if you can't race it. So, yeah, it, it's not as bad as it's ever been. But the problem is, is that everyone's so much more competitive now throughout except for Max and the Red Bull, which is interesting. Also, Zach, I literally watched that just before I did this stream. It is very good. You're right. And, yeah, and it's Hulkenberg. It's, yeah, it's Hulkenberg, but Magnussen's got to, to Q3, I think, three times. Oh, it's annoying. I, I wish I'd kept that graph up. It was like It had everyone's qualifying finishing position on it. But Magnussen's got to Q3 at least a couple of times. So, he has been able to, on occasion, which it was like, you know, Mick and Nikita were never getting anywhere near Q3. So, but that's, an, like, I literally tweeted that this morning. That's that. I think that's just an interesting, like, it's interesting how these cars, the field spreading qualifying, I would argue, is the closest I've ever seen from top to bottom, the field spreading qualifying. Like, in Q1 in Abu Dhabi, right, it's a 1 minute 25 lap, whatever it is. Between P1 and P18, because Joe messed up his lap, so I'm ignoring him, and Logan got both of his times deleted. Between P1 and P18 was 0.628 seconds. 0.628 from P1 to P18. So if you mess up the setup a little bit, 
when these cars, we know they're very sensitive to set up because of the ground effects and you lose a lot of downforce if you, you're not getting that, that suction underneath. But then we've also had the most dominant F1 season probably of all time in the same year that we've got the closest field spreading qualifying of all time. That is, that's weird. That is weird. That is weird. Which I think, you know what? I think that's in, in big part, just massive credit to Max because Checo hasn't been, Checo has been less impressive, even though he got P2, he only got P2 because there wasn't a sustained second quickest car. You know, Weber never got P2 when Vettel was winning. But Fernando was always there in the Ferrari. He was always, you know, consistently there. It is weird. It, 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 it's it's weird. It's an unusual... I think it's definitely a season unlike any other. Because I, I think, you know... I think when we have seen these really dominant seasons before, the battle amongst the midfield or the rest has not been anywhere near as competitive. So... If you're someone who can take enjoyment, which I certainly can, right, from the other nine teams and the other 19 drivers, if I can take enjoyment from that, right, if you can take enjoyment from that, then this season has had something to give, but it will never mean as much as a title fight. Of course it won't. It will never mean as much as an interesting, excited, back and forth title fight like we had at the start of 22 even with, with Leclerc and Verstappen. Um, yeah, it's Alex... Thank you, Super Chat Alex. Super frustrating season in that way. Like, step it up, everyone. And it, look, it's, like, it's on the teams. We can't, you know, Red Bull will take a step forward again next year. Of course they will. Of course they will. And again, the, what Zach mentioned, the, the high performance podcast with Alex, I would recommend giving that a listen, actually. I'm thinking I might do a video around that because he brings up some really interesting points. And he talks about how, you know, the reason that gap gets bigger is because Max can deal with such crazy instability that the car just gradually moves more towards that super in instability-centric... That's not even a term of phrase. It moves almost more... It becomes more unstable as the season goes on, which he explains as to why that gap between him and Max got bigger over the course of 2020. And maybe that explains why this gap between him and Checo seems bigger than it's ever been, with three full seasons of them as teammates now. So, um, yeah, it's... <sighs> Cost cap has caused no one being able to... The th yeah, but Matt, you, you say that, Max. But then also, could you not just argue that without a cost cap, Red Bull would just be even further away than they are now? Like, it feels all relative to me. Because clearly, you look at Mercedes when they dominated for so long. Yes, obviously, they had a, a baked-in um, engine advantage, for sure. But... You know, there was no cost cap and Red Bull and Ferrari still couldn't catch them over that entire generation with no cost cap. So with a cost cap, the sliding scale is... Look, I, I, I said this at the time. I, I still think that... And look, we, we, we're not going to really see that penalty, are we? We're not going to see the effect of that penalty. We're never going to know the effect of that penalty. It's impossible to really know the effect of that penalty, which is why it's a bit of a... Uh, as a penalty, there's not a clear and obvious effect. It's like, oh, 7% less ATR. Well, we'll never know how quick they would have been without that. But I still think that was... Uh, it's easy to... I, I, I said it at the time, I, I still think that was that was lenient. Um, 
but also no one broke the cost cap this year so maybe it did do enough to to dissuade anyone from going in anywhere near it jamie you jamie stop you, no no more super chat you're far too generous thank you jamie uh, for the super chat. Hey Tom, I just joined, but I have to watch after the fact. But I just wanted to give a little token of appreciation to all the hours of content you've put out over the years. Hope to have a meet up at Albert Park someday. Thank you, Jamie. Well, look, Australian Grand Prix is absolute top of my list. Well, it's up there with Suzuka and Austin. They're the ones for me. Australia for the vibes. And I've got family out there and I love Melbourne. It's like. Mm, top three favourite city in the world, love it. And Brazil would be sick, to be fair. But for me, Australia for the vibes. Um, Japan, Suzuka would just be amazing. And Austin for the vibes as well. So Zanvo would be cool. Zanvo would be cool. The thing is, like, that's Europe. So that's quite tenable to go to. Those other races that take a lot more money and um, effort to go to. But I definitely think that. 2024 i'm going to be a lot more mobile when it comes to races in 2024 so i've already been to canada julia i got married there like two days after the race i went i went didn't i um but yeah thank you very much jamie very kind of you very kind of you cool okay so bangers and clangers time 2023 abu dhabi grand prix banging bangingest clangingest and I, again, next year I'm going to make it a bit more clear. I, I'm trying to consider the full weekend here as well. Obviously, the race takes up, you know, 80% of the consideration. But I'm also going to, yeah, if they had a really good quality, they get a little bit of a bump for me. Um, even could practice a tiny, tiny little bit of a bump. So we'll start with mine. We'll get into yours. Also, thank you, Andre, for the super chat. Williams stopped development in Canada. They will maybe jump up next year. They will be with Aston, Mercedes, Ferrari, and McLaren will be a step ahead, perhaps. Andre, that they have, yeah. Vowels has made it very clear that they are, that they've been parking their upgrades. They haven't upgraded for a while, but, you know, they've got a lot of ATR. They've got a lot of wind tunnel time. The thing is, it doesn't guarantee anything. Haas have had that and... They still stink. So um, we'll see. I, I think McLaren obviously made good use of it with their with their big upgrade that came. Aston Martin made good use of it before then they kind of fell off mid-season but then came back. So, you know. Nah, you're not sacked, DH. You, you'll always be. <laughs> you'll always be up for employment, for sure. Um, but yeah, anyway, bangers and clangers. Banger drive. Give me some suggestions. Yuki's already been suggested. Any other any other bangers? Practices are relevant. I mean, maybe like one percent of my focus is on practice, Alvaro. But I, I agree, it's, it's practice is the time to make mistakes, to push. Drogovic or Logan? Ooh, interesting, interesting shout that for the Williams scene. We'll do we'll do some polls around that at the end when we get on to Leclerc. A lot of shouts for Leclerc. Um, Yuki George, Leclerc. A lot, of, a lot of Leclerc's. I get it. I get it. So, for me, I've given it George. I've given it George. He convincingly quicker than Lewis all weekend. Practice and the race. Just way more comfortable in that car. Got the P3 in the end. Given his recent struggles, 
I'm giving it to George. I, I I think credit where it's due for him to kind of bounce back. He he's had a poor, he's had a difficult season, isn't he? He's made he's made a lot of unforced errors. There's a good driver there, and we saw that driver yesterday. <laughs> I'm not helping with the British bias allegations, am I? I know I'm not, but I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, you'll see with my clangor that then that maybe dispels any British bias um, allegations. Uh, no, for me, it's George. For me, you know, Leclerc was amazing. Yuki was was great. He was on a cool strategy that maybe could have given him a chance to get enough points to get over the line. It wasn't quite to be in the end. And obviously doing the one-stop him leading was, was vibes. But I'm giving it George. I'm giving it George. I want to I I give back. I want to acknowledge, right? Because I'm, I'm, you know... I think fair criticism is fair of George this year, but also fair acknowledgement because outqualified Lewis comfortably, got P3 in the end, and ultimately he did the last little thing. He stepped up at the last possible moment to get that P3 over the line. Because if there'd have been level on points, obviously science got the win. So Ferrari would have won out on P2 on countback. So there you go. Latte Boy takes it. But what about yours? Well, 1,440 of you voted. I put out the poll last night on Twitter and on YouTube community. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss the polls next year. We're going to be doing... This is this is not going anywhere, bangers and clangers for 2024. I promise you that. This is only going to be leveled up, these streams. Um, more interaction, more involvement of me and you, right? Because we are a collective. We are one. It's like a cult. It's not a cult. Don't. It's not a cult, I promise. <laughs> um, right, 1,440 of you voted and your banger drive for the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was Yuki Tsunoda. Yuki prop paid off. All this, all this time, all these three years of Yuki prop from me and me keep calling him a diamond in the rough, which I would love to know how many times I've called him a diamond in the rough on a video and or live stream. Uh, 48% of you gave it to Yuki Tsunoda. He gave him a shot. He gave him a shot. Unfortunately, Daniel wasn't able to, to get up there as well. Um, hello, Sam. Good to see you, mate. But yeah, Yuki takes it. And it's good. To, you know what? He's, he's, a bit of a, he's a bit of a weapon around here, Yuki Tsunoda. I mean, 2021, obviously a lot happened in Abu Dhabi in 2021. But most importantly, Yuki got P4. P4. He cooked... He got that move done on Bottas right at the end. He's had a great race in 2023 as well. What did he do in 22? Let me check. Let me check what Yuki did in 22. So he qualified 12th, which... Eh, better than Pierre. Out qualified Pierre in 2022 around Abu Dhabi. And he finished 11th, which is usually where Yuki finishes. So you know what? He, 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 he knows his way around the Asmarine Street Circuit for sure. Yuki to replace Max. That's the only... It's the only reasonable course of action, I think, for Red Bull now. 48% gave it to Yuki Tsunoda, 29% Charles Leclerc, 10% George Russell, and of course, 8% Max Verstappen. It's funny, because... Was it... Was it I think Nero mentioned it on Last Lap yesterday. He was saying that um, when, like, there was a bit of a meme in 2020 where, like, Lewis was winning all the time, but Max was always getting driver of the day. And it's like, now that Max is winning all the time, he's not getting driver of the day and he's not getting the... But that's that's what happens. 
when it becomes a, a given, then attention moves elsewhere in terms of those kind of that kind of acknowledgement, you know. Tomo Tom will never choose a British driver as a clanger. Oh, DH. DH. It's Lewis Hamilton. Come on. Lewis had a stinker this weekend. He is my clanger drive of the weekend. Struggling in practice, out in Q2 in qualifying. He hit Pierre, broke Pierre's diffuser. He also. Wait. He had, he had um didn't he have contact with someone else as well? He did, didn't he? Now science science did have a stinker, but he recovered through no, he didn't recover through that well. He recovered through it okay. Um but I think Lewis was just all out of sorts this weekend. I I would say to be fair, Gasdy locked up. Yeah, but if any, when you lock up, you you actually lose brake performance. So surely, if he didn't lock up, Lewis would have hit him even harder. Um, oh yeah, he got yeah he kind of overtook around the outside, didn't he? Kind of off track. Lewis had a a stinker. Uh, you know, again, George Owen he bottled his. That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, he he should have got the move done on Yuki. Really, he got it up the inside to that long uh, left hander on the final lap. But then he lost it and Yuki kind of cut back underneath him and, and held on to P8. So, yeah, it wasn't a good good week for Lewis at all. You know, George was, yeah, George was saying that even though they're 11-11 in qualifying, then they're rarely that close, which they were quite close last year. Like in terms of they'd be, you know, half a tenth in it a lot of the time. But usually now, this year anyway, it's like bigger gaps between them, like three, four tenths, one way or the other. Either one per one of them's comfortable in the car, or the other one isn't. It's, that's a bit concerning as well for for Mercedes. If you can't set up the car where both drivers are equally happy or equally unhappy, if you've got one happy and one not, but that driver keeps changing every weekend, that's not good. But yeah, Lewis Clanger, I'm afraid, not good, not good. But. A good season overall, given he still comfortably got P3 in the end. So credit there, but not a good Abu Dhabi Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton. Your clanger drive was Carlos Sainz. 56% of you gave it to Carlos. It's fair. It's very fair, of course. Um, I think Lewis, again, the contact with Gasly, the failed move on Sonoda that he should have got done. I think that gave it that gave it to Lewis for me, but also Carlos out in Q one. He obviously he blamed that you know the team sending him out too late and traffic and you know, again, it's fine margins. The top eighteen, what were they split by? Were you listening earlier? Go on, first person to get it right gets a shout out. What were the top eighteen split by in Q one? What's the number? Go on. Go on. I'm waiting. Oh Carlos is wrong. No, I want the exact Yes the Az Azagoths, the Azagoths is, is correct. 0.628. Well done. Carlos Carlos went in with 683. You went too soon? Yeah, you should take that little bit more time to think. 0.628 of a second. Top 18. So Carlos was one of those that, that missed out. It's fine margins in Q1. And who knows, right? Because obviously Charles showed that that car has pace. 
quality pace, one lap pace, and race pace in the end. Um, and Carlos has shown many a time this year that he can be almost as quick as Carl, um, Charles on average in qualifying. Not quite. Charles definitely still has the edge, but he can be close, but he wasn't this weekend. He was not this weekend. Uh, 16% of you gave it to Lewis, 6% to Kevin Magnussen. Oh, okay, Mag. 5% Sergeant. I'm surprised Sergeant was. Sergeant, like, that qualifying, so disappointing. So disappointing. It must be so frustrating for, for Williams seeing that the one that pace that he is able to deliver and his race pace that he can deliver, he has he has the, the ability to deliver that. But it's almost like, I actually think, Sarge's problem is he keeps making mistakes. Piastri is not making mistakes. And I would say his actual pace delta from what we're seeing in the quality laps that get deleted, Logan went purple set to one. Remember, like on that second lap, he got deleted. You know, he went quicker than Alex in Saudi Arabia, made the mistake. Like, if, if Sergeant does his optimum lap, Alex does his optimum lap, Lando does his optimum, Oscar does his, his optimum with no mistakes. I think the gaps are actually pretty much the same. But Logan just keeps making mistakes. Piastri's not making mistakes. And that therefore, he's able to deliver. You know, Piastri's race pace struggled relative to Lando, as it has quite often, because he just doesn't have that tyre management knack that, that Lando's developed with that car. But he's just... Latifi didn't even get clear. Like, it's not good. It's really not good for Logan. But but there you go. 5% of you gave him Clanger Drive. Right. Banger team. For me, Red Bull just kind of is I mean Checo should have done better Checo should have qualified like third really I think his lap time that got deleted would what, what, what would would that have been good enough for third I think it was I think it was um, either way but then he got his time deleted recovered to P4 in the end Max won P1 I mean was it P oh okay sorry I, I gave che okay it's fifth I gave Checo too much uh, I tried to I tried to give Checo some credit there and actually, I, I overshot. So it should have been fifth. But from fifth, he should—he would have still got on the podium, almost certainly, right? Rather than starting ninth. Um, but yeah, banger team, Red Bull. Of course it is, come on. You lot also gave it to Red Bull. 56% of the vote. 17% McLaren. 13% Mercedes. 10% Alpha Tauri. There you go. There you go. Not much more to say on that, to be honest. Um, and then finally, Clanger team. It's for me. It's Alfa Romeo. I mean, it's almost always there more Haas. I've given it to Alfa this time. Um, at least, at least one of the Haas did all right in um, in qualifying. You had Hulkenberg up in P eight. Um, then obviously fell back for sure. But also Hulkenberg finished ahead of both Alfa Romeos. And like Bottas was on a weird strategy. Like how he finished, like he finished like 20 seconds behind Joe or something. Very weird. And a sad way to end Alfa Romeo's tenure in Formula 1, unless they link up with Haas. But, because there were rumours earlier this year, weren't they, that Alfa Romeo were going to move their title sponsor to, sponsorship to Haas. That, I just, I couldn't be less excited about that. I'm sorry. I just, 
It's it's so disappointing. A name with such legacy in this sport, Alpha Romeo, should be one of the best supported. T- like it should evoke so much more remote. Like this was the team that started it all. This was the team that started. Like this was the team that was banging before Ferrari, mate. If you look at it, right, 1950 Formula One season. Back in my day. Back in my day, right, Alfa Romeo cooked, cooked Giuseppe Farina, title winner, Alfa Romeo. Fangio, second in an Alfa Romeo. That was, that was the, and they're just nowhere. Am I buying a bot-ass calendar, Jamie? I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Maybe I should. Are they are they are they sold out? Like are they limited numbers? I might have a look actually. I might get one. I might treat myself. I might treat myself to some butt ass cheeks. They peaked in. Oh, they they peaked in the fifties. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's for a good cause as well. So, no, you know what? Actually, I, I, I'll have a look into it. I'm not really sure. Bias calendar review. Yeah, that could be good uh, off-season content, to be fair. Christmas present for the wife. Francine. She, she, she'd be a lucky girl to get that, I tell you. Um, thank you, Cameron, for the super chat. On uh, Red Bull on top next year. What? On you, Red Bull on... So, I don't really understand your super chat, Cameron, but thank you for the super chat. Just, just t- type it again as a normal message. And I'll, and I'll read it because on you Red Bull on top next year on, on me do I think Red Bull will be on top next year yes I think that's what you mean um, but thank you Evoy <laughs> it's like a riddle <laughs> um, and then the your clanger team your clanger team ah has I mean fair enough um, 31% of the vote for Haas, 20% for Afro Mao. It's the battle of, it's not even mid, is it? It's sub-mid. It's below mid. And uh, Ferrari, 15%. Again, they could have thrown more, thrown more at it, I think, at the end. And also, obviously, Carlos, I think the team did have a degree of responsibility in Carlos going out in Q1. Certainly not full responsibility. Um, yeah, I thought that might be what, that was saying Freya, but there you go. Anyway, <laughs> and then Alpine 14%. They always find themselves in, in Clanger, don't they? They're, they're almost always either in Clanger or Banger, Alpine. But no, classic, innit? Classic Alpine. Alpine midness is not what we want to see. But there you go. Um, Cool. Okay, cool. Next, 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 next. We've done Bangers and Clangers. We're 56 minutes in. Now, end of season rankings are coming up. The video, I probably, I'm going to try and do it for this weekend. So, I've already put the poll out on Twitter and YouTube community. There is a link in the live chat to, and in the description of this video. If you're audio only, go on my Twitter, um, go on YouTube community, find the link and let me know your season rankings. So, all 20 drivers, sorry, uh, Nick and Liam, they're not included. Um, I just want to do the 20 for the sake of consist- graphical consistency. And uh, yeah, give them a rating. So 10, great season of all time. 
or 10 perfect, one terrible, awful, appalling. Uh, yeah, so do that, do that. And then I'm, I want to get as many responses as possible. So there is as much of a, um, a range of votes and then I'll average yours out. I'm going to do mine and then we'll compare mine to yours, just like I did in the mid-season one. So uh, that should be fun. That should be fun. Thoughts on racing balls. Terrible name. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the teams one by one now. But yeah, check that out. End of season rankings. Give it a go. And then your vote will be included as one of the many towards that video. Liam deserves a 10 in Super G. <laughs> he does, Leslie. Absolutely. Liam Lawson. What a racer this year. Right. Alfa Romeo. Um... Um, hmm. Yeah. So Audi have confirmed that they're not putting their logo on that car until 2026, which, because they want to build it up as a big reveal for 2026. Do I think they would have considered putting their logo on that car a bit earlier if that car and that team wasn't so objectively bad. They're just a, not a good team and haven't been for the longest time. And it's sad because Sauber, great legacy in the sport. And I, I'm excited to see the Sauber name back. But I just... So, sorry. Sorry, anyone works for... I'm sorry, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And... The, the excuses, you've got the Audi investment in, the money is there. They brought Seidel over from McLaren. They've got, um, they've got, what's his name? Who's the, not Pat Fryer. Um, who's the fella who went from McLaren to, to the technical fella? I've completely forgotten his name. He went with Seidel. James Key, that's it. Thank you, Christopher. Um, James Key as well, Seidel's there. Obviously, next year is going to be a better reflection of, of them. But also you look at Stella and how immediate his... Oh, yeah, Stella was already at McLaren. So, you know, Seidel and, and Key have gone to a completely new project. You know, I just... It's just... It's just ended on such a low for them. And I would like the Alfa Romeo name to stick in F1, sure, because the legacy... But like, it's, it's, in some way, it's quite easy to forget the Williams legacy. But the Alfa Romeo, I mean, the Williams legacy was like in the 90s and like 2000s, you know, they were pretty good as well. But like the Alfa Romeo legacy, you have to go back to the 50s. Like, it's just, it's not, that brand just isn't as exciting to me as it should be, really. So yeah, Alfa Romeo, they will depart the sport. The team will carry on under Salba. Bottas and Joe. Obviously, I'm yeah. I'm gonna do a full season ranking. What I will say is that it started pretty close, but this second half of the season, Bottas has definitely extended that gap to Joe Guanyu. And yeah, Joe's. How much of it is is the car not giving the drivers the chance to show what they can do? Impossible to say. But Joe's been disappointed in this second half of the season. I've got to say. Got to say, it's been disappointing for sure. Um, Bottas has been... It's hard to its hard to know. Bottas could be driving Unreal and that car be terrible. We just don't, don't know. 
which I know. So, yeah. Next year, Sauber, be better. Alpha Tauri, well, floor upgrades seem to help Yuki. Shame that Daniel couldn't do a bit better in qualifying. 4-3 in the end, Yuki beat all his teammates in uh, qualifying. So, shout out to him, head to head. Um, fair play. A lot of instability in that team this year, but Yuki's held strong. It is his third season in that team. So, you know, everyone else that he's driven with has been a rookie to that team, apart from Daniel, who was a rookie to a tour so years ago, but you know what I mean? So he's done the, that was kind of the, the, the bare minimum, especially with Daniel's injury. I think that Yuki beats Daniel was the, the bare minimum for him to do. I think without the injury, I would have expected Daniel to, outclass Yuki in those in those races that, that second half of the season after De Vries got dropped um, you know obviously Daniel had a fantastic race in Mexico Yuki's been pretty good this year um, there's still a, he's still got a stinker in his closet but you know if he can just iron that out that raw pace is there for sure of course Liam needs a full time drive that's a given Sam absolutely mate that that kid is is something special. He's very the 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 adaptability he jumped in. You look at Logan Sargent, you look at Liam Lawson. Even though they finished within a point or two of each other in F two last year, the the impressiveness that they've shown in in two very different stints in F one in very different circumstances, you know that baptism of fire. Arguably, Liam Lawson's anvil might actually be driver the season, in a lot of ways for me. It's difficult because obviously his context is so different, but for him to not put it in the wall, craziness, craziness. I'm glad you like it, Dan. It means get the pink wall out for a while, but there you go. Um, yeah, so lots of upgrades this year for this team. Going into next year, obviously these cars do carry on, so we should see that performance. Obviously everyone else might improve and should improve, but they should also improve. You know, they've got time to... They've got time, they've got ATR time, they've got uh, developments to make as well, AlphaTauri. Obviously not going to be called AlphaTauri, Racing Balls is all, all but confirmed as the new team name. It sounds like it's going to be like a sponsor, Racing Balls and another sponsor. So you know that this year it's been, Aston, was it? Um, Aramco, Aston Martin, Cognizant F1 team. Is that the right way around? Um, pardon me. But yeah, Visa have been... Visa and Cash App are the two um, brands that I've seen linked to that team. So it could be like Cash App Alpha, Cash App Racing Bulls, Visa, F1 team. Uh, either way, it, it probably good as I don't hate Racing Bulls as a name. To be honest, Racing Point was I mean Racing Point was Point Point means nothing. Bulls means something. Yeah, it's it's fine. I ain't got an, I ain't got an issue with it. They were never going to call it Minardi, like as much as that would have been cool. They were never going to call it Minardi. Are they missing a trick not calling it Minardi? The thing is, it's still owned by Red Bull, so they're going to want to get their branding in there somewhere. But then they could have just called it Minardi, but then had it had a Red Bull logo on it somewhere. But at the end of the day, that car's going to be at the back anyway. So the value to what I would say. The value of having balls in the racing balls name or having a Red Bull logo on the AlphaTauri car 
is pretty minimal when you've got the best car in F1 right now and the biggest driver in F1 right now, Max Verstappen, covered in Red Bull logos and Red Bull text. So I guess, yeah, maybe the... Maybe they did miss a trick not calling it Monado. That was never going to happen, but I think maybe they did miss a trick from an actual marketing point of view because that would have made a lot more people care about this team. You can still put a Red Bull logo on it, on the car, but then you you know, you know have Daniel Ricciardo. He'll probably be in the seat. It is looking like it's going to be Ricciardo. I don't... I, I think the injury... Re I think if Ricciardo would come in and like 11 nil Duki in qualify and not got the injury and Dumb had more opportunity to put in performances like he did in Mexico, then I think he's getting that Red Bull seat. And I've said consistently, I thought that Ricardo's going to get that seat next year. Now we've seen the season play out. I don't think there's quite enough from Ricardo to show to, to, to confirm he's not just going to be a like-for-like -like change with Perez. Because otherwise, what's the point? Red Bull are just frying all Red, uh, Perez's sponsor money away by replacing uh, him with Daniel if they're not certain that he's going to be closer to Max, but, but not too close. Torosso was the best. I mean, Torosso is my favourite. Torosso works because it still evokes that... It still evokes that Fienza small team energy and it's not too on the nose. It is, it is Red Bull in Italian, of course, but it's not too on the nose. I, I, I think I if I was them, because where did the Minardi name come from? Was did the founder with the founder's surname Minardi or something? I actually don't know. Someone in chat, I'm sure, let me know. Like who's where did the actual name Minardi come from? Is it a location? Is it someone's surname? Is it? I don't actually know. Giancarlo Minardi. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so if it's someone else's surname, I, I guess that's where maybe then it would have been a bit like, it's owned by Red Bull, but they're calling it Minardi, but it's not Minardi, it's a Red, it's Red Bull now, it's a Red Bull-owned team, but they're calling it Minardi, and that would have felt a little bit like blasphemous, for want of a better term, like you're using the Minardi name, but it's still actually Red Bull. So I don't know, like maybe the, you know, the Minardi family wouldn't want to, you know, they've sold it. They, yeah, it's not Minardi anymore because we, it's not, it's not Minardi. It used to be, when it was, when it was called Minardi, it was actually Minardi, but now it's a Red Bull subsidiary. So, so then it's probably like, okay, maybe Toro Rosso would have been better because Toro Rosso still, you know, has that kind of core, that niche fandom. And it would have been exciting for, for us diehard F1 fans to see Torosso that name back. Maybe that was the smartest way of playing it. But either way, it looks like they've made the decision. So there you go. There you go. And yes, French toast, otherwise known as Franz Tost, it's done. His time in F1 is over. It was nice. Max gave him a little shout out on the radio. Of course, he's you know been a pivotal part of what? Uh, Max... Actually, look through the current grid. So Max, uh, not Checo really. Um, so Max, Daniel, Pierre, Alex, 
Carlos. Missing anyone? On the current grid? It's just five, isn't it? Those five on the current grid. So so a quarter of the current grid. I said Yuki, didn't I? I completely... How did I miss Yuki? Six of the current grid. An idiot. Yeah. Verstappen, Yuki, Ricardo, Gasly, Albon, Science. Yeah, six. Six, six of 20. And if you're going to include Liam Lawson, seven of 21. Nick DeVries, eight of 22. That's just of the current grid. Vettel, Kvyat, Buemi, uh, Jaime Alguasuari, um, Bourdais, Coulthard. I guess they no, they weren't they weren't at Toro Rosso. Well, no, sorry, Coulthard wasn't at Toro Rosso. Vern, Jean-Éric Vern, yeah. Jeff Weber. Well, no, Weber's Weber didn't race for the junior team, did he? Weber, did, Weber was signed, wasn't he? Um, Hartley. Hartley as well. Brendan Hartley. Pride of New Zealand. What For such a small country, they've got an incredible racing pedigree. Scott McLaughlin. Scott Dixon. Brendan Hartley. Liam Lawson. Marcus Armstrong. Doing well in IndyCar as well. But yeah, he... Um, he saw a lot of drivers come through the ranks of that team. Many who have gone on to successful racing careers. And yeah, end of an era. Thank you, Benny, for the super chat. Are we getting a 23 race weekend ranking video, Tomo? We um, probably not ranking the race weekends. I'm going to obviously do a video ranking all the drivers from best to worst. My opinion, your opinion. Hence why we're doing the, uh, we're doing the little this end of season ranking. Link in description and live chat. Um, we're going to do reacting to my preseason predictions, which I have not watched back yet. So I cannot remember what I did, which I'm going to keep it like that because then it's going to be more fun. Um, and I might do qualifying deep dive as well. Mark Weber. I might do a qualifying deep dive as well. Right, looking at the actual gaps, um, at the, the relative gaps and looking at who's closest, furthest, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But either way, Alpha Terry's no longer. The clothes were always a bit. Mm. The shops always seem to be empty whenever I see an Alpha Terry store. So, yeah, Racing Balls it is. Rebrand next year. Be interesting to see what that looks like. Alpine. Um... Just, just Alpine. Both out the points. Uh, Gasly wasn't happy. There were split strategies. Gasly wasn't happy, but in the end, he understood because after the contact with Lewis, they had to move him to a two-stop. Esteban was on a one-stop. <sighs> Four points between them. Both had good highs. Both got podiums this year. Easy to forget. Both got podiums. What Gasly in Baku, wasn't it? And Ocon in Monaco. But also the the lows, both both stinking luck at times this year. Esteban had more technical retirements. Gasly had some pretty bad team decisions he was on the receiving end of. Oh, Zanville, of course it was. An idiot. That that's how that's how forgettable that was. 
Oh, best race of the year as well. Arguably. But yeah, um, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the Gasly Baku podium from from last year. No, wasn't it in the sprint he got a podium in Baku? I'm, I what am I talking about? When did Gasly get his other he, he got to Gasly got P three in Zanvoort and he got No, it wasn't this year then. Spa oh, for God's sake. Look, okay, this, this season's been far too long. This uh, one this this head's massive, but there's not enough capacity to remember all these things. You're right. P three in Belgium. Eleven in the main race, but P three in the sprint. Of course, because Oscar won that and Pierre was holding on at the end. Now I remember. See? Knowledge. Best wash team. There you go. Yeah, look, I look, they've got investment. They've made some personnel changes. I guess they'll go again next year and we'll see what happens. But certainly Pat Fry's words as he departs and goes to Williams have not painted a particularly positive picture at uh, of, of, of goings on at that team, which is a shame because you know I've got a place I've got I've got I've got a soft spot for the Enstone based team. I've got a little soft spot, you know, Benetton back in the day, well Lotus after that as well. Um, obviously delivered those two world titles for Fernando. That was a good vibe team, you know. It was a good vibe team, but it's not being it's not good vibe at the minute. Won't they be in trouble with Binance? Well, the only way they could be in trouble, if you don't know Binance, uh, basically having to pay a massive fine, could go under maybe, and their founder is looking at potential jail time. Um Kind of like FX, obviously that was SBF, and he's got jail time. He was sentenced like last week or whatever. Um, I don't know. Obviously, it depends. Did they get paid up front, Alpine, by Binance? Was it, you know, if they did, they're fine. If they didn't, if it's in instalments, then they're probably not going to get any instalments they haven't received yet. Um, probably that was the deal with FX as well. But when you get into bed with crypto, which is, you know. It's not the most. I mean, the F one's not got a great uh, relationship with certain uh, ethically questionable sponsors. Let's just put it at like that. But yeah, either way, hopefully the the team are fine and the people work at that team because you know saving jobs is is the the important thing, right? But yeah, I still wonder how that panned out now. But I guess we'll never know. Either way, Alpine, <sighs> nothing to say. Aston Martin, you know what? The bounce back towards the end of the year must be somewhat... I mean, it's not been amazing. They got 7th and 10th yesterday. They got 5th and 9th in Vegas. They got 3rd and 5th in Sao Paulo. You know, I, Fernando's obviously... Uh, he's, he's fantastic still. He's still an unreal driver. And, I mean, that move he put on on uh, Checo in Sao Paulo, unreal, you know... He said he don't think he could have done much more in Abu Dhabi and they didn't quite, you know, 22 points behind McLaren in the end. But you know what? Given given the difficulties in, in recent weekends, you kind of got to take that, ain't you? I mean, he still managed that P2 in, in Zanvo. Unreal, ridiculous drive. Um, obviously, crazy start to the season. And Stroll, look, three-point scoring finishes in the last three races for Lance. It's... Not good enough, but I would say 
if Lance can, because well, let's have a look at the gaps at the end of that race. So Lance finished one, yeah, that's it. Lance finished, so Fernando 39.5 behind the winner. Lance 55, okay, so it was a good, it was a good 20, so obviously, yeah, a lot can, a lot can contribute to that gap, but I, I think if it's a gap more like Sao Paulo and Vegas, and if it's a, then you want a one-two in your team if you're going to win a world title, and you want Fernando to be that number one. Oh, I don't know. Stroll's just—he does have his moments. He does. He genuinely does have his moments, and then he just doesn't for ages, like ages. You know what I mean? So, and when Felipe Drogovic is dunking time on you in FP1, that's a very good point, actually. That's a very good point. Because, yeah, Felipe, Felipe went quicker than him in FP1, which you, we don't know fuel loads, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't look good, does it? It just doesn't look good. It just doesn't. Stroll's never been great in qualifying, yeah. Maldonado had his moments too. It's a point. It's a good point. It's a good point. He doesn't crash as... Stroll doesn't crash as much as Maldonado. You know, Stroll is a bit crash happy, but Maldonado was was crazy. And it is just FB1. You're right, Noodle. But, yeah, it's... Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter too much right now because the car is nowhere. And Max is proving that you can convincingly outperform your teammate. Actually, that's a good poll. Um, right, we're going to do a poll here. Which which teammate teammate head to head was more one sided? Max versus Checo or Fernando versus Lance? Which was more one sided? Would you say? So I'm just looking at their relative results. Did Stroll ever finish ahead of um, Fernando? Well, he, no, he did in, um, was it Austria, wasn't it? Well, no, Spain. Spain, 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 Spain. Yeah, he finished ahead of him in Spain. But then Fernando was all over the back of him and could have overtaken him, but he obviously didn't really want to. Um, in Austria sprint, he finished ahead of Fernando. That's about it, which is quite bad. When when both finished anyway. I'm, I'm talking about when both drivers finished the race. I think they were literally the only time. RP, yeah, that's about it, I think. So, and the quality head-to-head was like 19-3 in favour of Alonso. Which teammate head-to-head was more one-sided? Wow, you've got 55-45. So you lot are pretty split. You lot are pretty split. Not gonna lie. Which you know, look, it it's fair point, right? But again, that that says to me, if you put Fernando and Lance in the Red Bulls and that situation, Red Bull still win the constructors, Fernando still wins the world title. And Lance is about where Checo is. Maybe. I think yeah, Checo's better than Lance, don't get me wrong. I also think Max is better than Fernando. So, but I'm just talking about that relative gap. I'm not talking about like optimum. I'm talking about the relative gap, Max versus Checo and the relative gap, Fernando versus Lance. 
Lance just needs a stable car, which they didn't have for a large chunk. Yeah. Either way, it's close. I mean, say so 54-46 now. You think the Max V Checo head-to-head was more one-sided. So you think it was more one-sided than the Fernando Stroll head-to-head, which... The thing is, Stroll never had a performance all year like Checo had in Baku, where he was just quicker than Max. Stroll never, even though he finished ahead of Fernando twice, he never actually was quicker than Fernando in a race at any point. Checo was legit as quick, if not quicker than Max in, um, in Baku. Because Max wasn't fully comfortable with the car, and obviously then you know put him to the sword in Miami. But but yeah, either way, you lot of you, it's very close. It is close. It is close. But so yeah, it's not too much of an issue for Aston Martin this year. But obviously with Drogovic knocking on that door, no. Las Vegas. Is it Vegas? Result in Vegas. Strong. P five. Oh, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Sorry. I did forget about Vegas as well. It's a good point. It's a good point about Vegas as well. Although, Fernando, did he catch damage at the start? Obviously, he messed it up into turn one, didn't he? So, I wouldn't be surprised if damage did did uh, contribute towards that. But either way, besides the point, Aston Martin, come back ne- better next year. Did I watch the F2 finale? I did, and we will talk about that once I've gone through all the teams. Um, Ferrari, yeah, just obviously what happened to Carlos kind of spoiled. Obviously, Lewis quali- at, um, getting knocked out in Q2 helped, but yeah, once he was out in Q1, that was always going to be an uphill battle. But Charles Leclerc, man. Charles Leclerc, this tail end of the season has been very good. He's been very good. Like, come on. I mean, what he got... So he's got... Yeah, bloody hell. So, I mean, look at it. So, Belgium, he got third. Fifth in the sprint. Zanvoort, he didn't finish. He was fourth in Italy, Singapore, Japan. Fifth in Qatar. Disqualified in Austin, of course, for the plank infringement. Third in Mexico. Didn't start Sao Paulo because the car broke. Second in Vegas. Second in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, he's had a very good run in. Hence why he's jumped science right at the end as well. Because um, science definitely hasn't had the strength of of uh, Charles' run towards the end of the season. But either way, I, I think that dynamic's really strong. You know, if, if I had to if I had to pick a driver pairing on the grid, actually, to entrust a title fight with equal machinery for everyone to bring the highest opportunity of winning, certainly constructors. I would pick Leclerc Science, I think. I think they've got that balance pretty much spot on. Shaw is that slightly more capable. But Carlos is very reliable and he can, you know, fly his own flag like he did in Singapore by getting pole position and actually delivering. So if I had to pick of any of the like, I'd, I'd probably pick these two um, to, to trust. It's just, I hope, it feels it feels like you know what? It feels like old Freddie's getting there with these lot. 
Operationally much better. The pit stops have been very good this year. Second best pit stops this year. Third best, actually, I think. Is I think they're third best behind Red Bull and McLaren. Um, so that was something they were never known for, and, and that stepped up massively. Um, strategy has been less of a... There's been less strategy blunders in the second half of the season as well. Um, no, oh, no, 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 Miss. If you're winning formally, if you're saying no, Mercedes are bad at pit stops. They're like right down there. They're one of the one of the worst. But but yeah, I, I think um operationally Fred's maybe helping that team out a bit. So look, who knows with Ferrari. Hopefully that they're saying their car's gonna be very different next year, just like Mercedes have been saying. So we'll see. But good final running from Charles Leclerc for sure. Haas. Um Look, again, I think Safnauer in, Gunter out is a decision that I would endorse for sure. You know, Gunter's just taking selfies. Follow him on Instagram if you don't. It's fun. He just takes selfies at various places. And I'll give him a shot. Otmar, working with a small independent team that was for India, that isn't anymore. It's this big Aston Martin. But Otmar was doing bits running that team back then. Haas have a limited facility. Surely he's a he's a great, you know, it helps. He's American. Maybe that helps his his relationship with that side of things. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have a relationship with with Gene Haas. I don't know. But I would I would certainly give Otmar that job and uh, relieve Gunter of his duties if it was if it was up to me. Of course, it isn't. Got two very capable drivers. I think Hulkenberg has really delivered, but I just I'm I have zero belief in Haas next year. Like straight away, I'm going to put Haas last in my 2024 season predictions. I can guarantee you that now. They're running two different spec cars, and they're like they're both equally bad. It's like Magnussen was it in Vegas? Vegas qualifying. Magnussen got to Q3. With the old spec car. Sorry, with the new spec car. Yeah. Magnussen got to Q3 in Vegas with a new spec car. Hulkenberg got to Q3 in Abu Dhabi with the old spec car. And the other one went out in... To be fair, Hulkenberg got to Q2 in Vegas. But either way, right. So you had two different ones, two different spec cars getting to Q3. But then both cars just go backwards in the race. Sorry, I can't. I can't bring myself to to talk about them anymore because it's just sad. Given how strong they were when they first came into F one as well, with a uh, Grosjean at the wheel back in those days, it's just sad. It's just sad. And like, um, who gave the the super chat earlier? Who is it who mentioned Haas in their super chat? It was who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Market, market, put it perfectly. You know they sacrificed twenty twenty one, and what did that get them? Nowhere, nowhere, absolutely nowhere. Right, McLaren. Um, yeah, the right look. Lando's very hard on himself after qualifying. He does have a, you know, 
the benefit of that I'll give to him is that there was a Mercedes creating a bit of dirty air in front of him, which when you're pushing like that in a slow sector on tires that are right at the end of the lap, I could, you know, I can understand why he made the mistake. He still made the mistake. He would have known that Russell would have been there. And I'm pretty sure it was George. And he didn't drive. Which, look, is qualifying. You're going full tilt. Like, I get it. Um, He did kind of let himself down a bit there. But obviously in the race, he was he was better, certainly better than Oscar. Um, got that move done pretty early on. Had a stinky pit stop. Yeah, you're right, Moon One. Very stinky pit stop. Uh, 10 is highest on the driver ranking, Jose. 10 is good, one is bad. And look, Lando is he's not he's not the complete package yet, but he's bloody close. He's bloody close. Come on. Yes, he's got a mistake in him. When, look, when you when you have to push that hard, you know, when you're full sending it, and look, maybe Max to be fair, when when Max had to full send it, sector three, Monaco, prime example, he did it. He didn't crash. He left no margin and he got pole position. When Charles, Charles in Miami, full sending it into the wall. Lando, full sending it here, makes the mistake. We don't really see Max making those mistakes. Now, is that because Max isn't having to full send it? Maybe. I don't think that's in Max's... Uh, I don't think that's in Max's character, though. Like, even though he's got the quickest car, he knows that. I still think if, if he's at uh, end of Q3, I think he's leaving nothing on the table. I don't think he's consciously driving within himself. So I think that's the difference between a Max and a Lando slash Charles. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. So, yeah. You know what? All in all, it, it, it's good development. It's good progress. I think Oscar's had a he's had a very good rookie year. Very good rookie year. Certainly not a better rookie year than... I mean, people... Look, he deserves credit for sure, of course, right? Is it as good as Lewis's year? Well, you can't compare. It's, you can't compare because they had unlimited testing back then, so it's not fair to compare. You can compare it to Charles Leclerc 2018. In fact, so let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Who... Who had the... I can't type today. The more impressive rookie season. Was it Leclerc 2018 or was it Piastri 2023? Because I think Piastri 2023 has been the closest. I would say that George, Lando and Alex... George was hard to rate because he was in a Williams. There was just nowhere. Alex did well. He got Rookie of the Year. Don't forget that. He got Rookie of the Year over then too, in the Tour Rosso, and then did very well in the Red Bull. But Leclerc's rookie season for me is the one really stands out. But 60% of you have given it, given it Piastri. For, for, for me, it's Leclerc. For me, it's Leclerc. That, that season in 2018, that 2018 Formula 1 season... He got, was it three P7s in a row in the last three races in an Alfa Romeo? In an Alfa Romeo? Nah, come on. So, yeah, he got, yeah, he got three P7s. In fact, his last fight, he got a P7 in Russia, 
retired twice, Japan, USA, then three P7s to end the season. Whereas teammate, Marcus Ericsson, got, well, he got a P9 in one of them, but then two retirements as well. So... I would still I would still give it to Leclerc because he actually he actually yeah Marcus Ericsson is not a Lando Norris all right Lando is much better than Marcus Ericsson ever was in F1 Marcus Ericsson is great in IndyCar but not in F1 and but Charles like almost immediately made that team his own you know and that was crazy Priestley won a sprint he did but he this was in a McLaren that had the upgrades and was you know around Spa. Maybe not with Lando set up, but they'd turn that corner. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm very serious. I think Leclerc 2018. I was I was more impressed Leclerc 2018 um, than I was Piastri 2023. And again, that's not shade on Piastri. Piastri 2023 has been great, but Leclerc was special, special. Thank you, Leslie, for the super chat. Maybe it's recency bias, but Piastri's composure and control stands out to me. You know what? I I would say that Piastri's made fewer mistakes than Leclerc made in 2018. Obviously, Piastri's had his fair share. He what spun in Australia, didn't he? Hit the wall. Um, obviously, hit the wall at Zandvoort, which then Ricardo went into him, and but that was in practice. So yeah, not going to put too much. You know, a crash in practice is not the same as a crash in a race. You know, you meant to find the the you meant to find the boundaries of performance in practice. That's kind of what it's for. Um, but yeah anyway I I just remember that 2018 Charles Leclerc season very well so maybe maybe that's that, maybe that's just me um, the opposite of recency bias maybe that's just me harking back to the old days 2018 as if that's the old days but yeah I mean Piastri's got that he's just he's been crazy impressive but also you see what he needs to work on you know, his race management, but wheel to wheel. I mean, his defence against George yesterday, really good. Really good. Um, very, very strong from, from Oscar. A great race from him again, to be fair. But, yeah, I think McLaren next year, I, I still, I feel like they're already on that path. This is what I worry about for Mercedes and Ferrari. You know, McLaren are already on the Red Bull path. You could argue Aston Martin are already on the Red Bull path as well. Um they don't have to learn a new path. They just have to keep moving forward with this. And Stella's talked about the chassis, you know, can only, there's a lot of the upgrades they want to bring. They can't because the chassis isn't built for it, but they will have a new chassis for next year, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, um, we'll see. It's an interesting one. Thank you very much, Avkid, for the super chat as well, by the way. I told you my highlight on Mondays are doing my weekly food shop, coming home, eating my meal deal, watching your chinwags. Keep up the great content. Thank you, Av. Avkids, you can't do that and not tell me what your super chat is. Tell, tell me, sorry, tell me what your super Tell me what your meal deal is. T tell me in the in the normal chat what your uh, what your meal deal is, Avkid. Thank you very much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Nostalgia, maybe Jake, but imagine what Oscar would have done to Marcus. I don't. I think Leclerc did at least what Oscar would have done to Marcus, if not more. I do. I do. Nostalgia bias it is, Amy. You're right. Nostalgia bias it is. Absolutely. And yes, Tesco do have the best meal deals. Of course they do. Come on. It's not a debate, surely. All right, Mercedes. Um, yeah, look, that obviously 
been off the car. Consistently third quickest car most of the year, right? This is an example in Abu Dhabi. You know, George was, yeah, that car was probably on race pace. Anyway, the way Russell was harrying Piastri and, you know, would have reeled in Lando as well. I think race pace wise, they were third quickest. And I think they've been third quickest car more often than anyone else has been third quickest car. And that's what's got Lewis P2, um, P3 in the uh, drivers and Mercedes P2 in the constructors in the end. Um, it just feels like they they can't possibly on a be on a clear path because their new car is still in the wind tunnel and they've not actually raced it yet with the, you know, this is a Frankenstein car and they've done, you know, I think credit to Mercedes, they've done well considering this is a bit of a cobbled together car clearly um, to get P2 in the constructors. They've done well in the end, but is that because of Ferrari's misgivings more than anything? Probably. And yeah, I think... Ugh, Obviously, Lewis was nowhere this weekend. George was the one performing this weekend. And we've had plenty of other weekends where it's been the other way around. And yeah, look, I, it's, it's so it's so difficult to, to know how much credit to give the drivers. Because maybe, maybe this Mercedes is actually a worse car than we think. And George and Lewis are actually overperforming to get to P2 in the constructors. Because a lot of people... And I think individually, you look at their individual talent, and I can't necessarily argue with that being the best driver lineup on the grid. I think as a driver lineup, it doesn't work. But as individuals, maybe they're just excelling and this car, and they're dragging this car to a position where maybe it shouldn't be. That's one way of looking at it. Tesco, Christmas turkey sandwich, quavers and a water. Oh, you started strong, Av kids. You started strong there. Because I, I like that they've got the turkey and cranberry Christmas sandwich. It's very good at Tesco, meal deal. Quite, I love a quaver at home um, from a multi-pack, not in a meal deal. I know they had the grab bags that are quite big. So I kind of rate it, but... And then a water. Just... I just I, I'm a tap water boy. What can I say? Um, some Would I get a water sometimes if I'm feeling a bit self-conscious of me uh me tummy then i might get a water but usually for me if i get the i will get that sandwich sometimes but then it's cheese and onion mcquiz and i have a lemon san pellegrino or a green machine or a orange lucas aid if i don't feel that well because that gives me a bit of energy you know but anyway well yeah water is healthy of course it is but yeah that, I'd, that this is water in here okay tap water <laughs> greater anglia's finest um thank you again lizzie far too kind appreciate the super chat tom if you follow that mercedes logic you need to follow my logic from a couple of races back about max out driving the performance of that red bull well look, again look, I, I think that i think out out driving what what out driving means is that you're driving like at the ceiling because you can't possibly out drive the car like oh i'm gonna like make a hole in the floor and like use my legs to add an extra horsepower. Like Max is driving at the ceiling of that Red Bull. And I think when Lewis and George are hooked up with that car, they are driving that car, that Mercedes, at the ceiling when they're hooked up. But that operating window seems to be so small. And very like Max is consistently getting to that operating win um that that bigger operating window 
Yeah, you could argue maybe it's... I don't think it's as big as like the Mercedes used to be back in the Hamilton Bottas days, that operating window for the Red Bull, because of the way Max likes a car set up. He likes it on the nose. He likes it feisty. But yeah, I just... I, I just think there's definitely... With, with two worst drivers in that in that Mercedes, they would be looking a lot worse in the constructors, I think. But they have Lewis Hamilton, they have George Russell, who are two very, very capable and talented drivers. Arguably the most individually talented pairing. But again, not a good pairing together, if you know what I mean. So I, I, I get that logic for sure, isn't it? We'll never know. Brody, you don't know what a quaver is. You don't know who... Right, this needs a poll. This, sorry, sorry, sorry. We need we need to do another poll here. Um, wait, where's where's what? My, my other poll still up. <laughs> my other poll still up. Oh, good. Goodness gracious me! Who knows what a quaver is? Yes or no? I'll be fascinated to know what percentage of the one thousand four hundred thirty-two of you who are watching this live on YouTube know what a quaver is. <sighs> Oh my God, the no is, the no, the no is just growing. The no is growing. No, but Lay's, yeah, Lay's is walkers, but, but is there, is there a European Quaver? Because Lay's is the, Quaver's the brand, the sub-brand under walkers. Oh my God. You thought, my audience, have a guess what, have a guess, chat, what percentage of my audience in the last 20, 30 days is British? Have a guess. Go on. Have a little guess, right? I'm going to get on my analytics. I know we're going off on the track, but you know what? This is the last race of the season, and you're here for a good time not a, and a long time. Both. <laughs> you're here for a long time, not a good time, is what I should have really said there. Um, yeah, yeah what, what, what do you reckon? What, what do you what do you what do you reckon my the percentage of Britishness is in my audience? God, there's some serious ranges going on here. Thirty four percent, eight percent, twenty percent, sixty percent, thirty seven point eight percent, twenty five percent, thirty six percent. Okay, so in the last twenty eight days, eighteen point three percent of my audience is from the United Kingdom. Eighteen point three. One eight point three. And a lot of you'd be surprised by that. Twenty point five percent is US. Six point two is Netherlands. Five point nine Australia. Four point nine Canada. And then what are the next ones? Um, 4.3 Germany, 3.7 India. And then it drops down a bit. 1.9 South Africa, 1.8 Sweden, 1.3 Ireland, 1.2 Philippines, 1.2 Spain, 1.1 Singapore, 1.1 Norway, 1.1 Brazil. How do I have more Norwegian viewers than I have French? Like, French, French 1% is French. Yet, fr the French population. France population, 67.75 million. The Norway population is 5.4 million. Allez le bleu, not enough. Balez-vous français? Not enough French prop, apparently. Yeah, yeah, the, the, French, the French don't like me. 
Something's got to change. Something's got to change. But there you go. Anyway, <laughs> he just came back to a crisps chin wag. There you go, Will. I am. That's that's exactly what the people wanted. Matthew, you are far too kind. Six season warmo. Cheers, legend. We'll go again in twenty four. Thank you for the support, Matthew. I do appreciate you're far too kind, far too generous. Um, big up Matthew Gordon, long term supporter and subscriber, and uh, it's all love, people. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Right. Red Bull. Red Bull, man. They're just, they are the team to beat. They are operationally exceptional. Uh, they have an incredible driver in Max Verstappen um, who's driving at, a, driving at a level that we don't see very often. Um, you know, a level that Hamilton delivered a level that Schumacher delivered, a level that Vettel delivered, a level that Senna delivered, a level that Prost delivered, a level that Clark delivered, a level that not many drivers, Fangio, if you go far enough back. And it's ominous for the rest of the grid. It's a challenge. And there's certainly drivers on this grid who can fight with Max, for sure, in the same way that Montoya and Rakanen could fight with Schumacher in the same way that, you know, throughout the generations. These drivers who've dominated, they've always had their foes, their ad adversaries who can hang with them. We know, you know, Leclerc, given the right uh, hardware, can fight with Verstappen. Hamilton can. I think Lando can. I think George can. I think Carlos can. I think there's a lot of drivers on this grid who can fight with Max. Do I think any of them are better than Max? I do not. He is the best driver in F1 right now, by a margin. I think Alonso is the one I would probably most rely on, specifically with Max, because I feel like they're very similar. I feel like their approaches are very similar. Max and Fernando. I think I think Fernando sees a lot of himself in Max Verstappen. And... I think if Aston gave Alonso a top car, that would be... Ooh. But yeah, look, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible season from like an individual standpoint. And you know what? It's not been the most entertaining at the front. We've had something to talk about and think about and be excited about in the midfield, fortunately. This is a sport that when it's being dominated, whoever it was dominating, be that Vettel, Hamilton, Schumacher, whoever... You know, at the time, you know, people do, <laughs> this sport is inherently flawed, unlike most other sports where you can have a dominant, you know, football season, dominant basketball season, and still have really interesting storylines and really competitive battles throughout. You know, when Max is dominating an F1 race, we barely see him. He barely gets on camera. When... A football player is dominating a football game that they are centre of attention and that is the entertainment. The entertainment in F1 comes from battling. It doesn't come from domination. And But we stay because this is, this is the sport. And you know what? You acknowledge greatness when you see it and this will certainly be more acknowledged in the future in the same way that Lewis's and Vettel's and Schumacher's and all these periods, they look back 
on way more fondly than they are experienced in the moment. He's set one hell of a standard as Max and Red Bull have built one hell of a car for him to do it. You don't have one without the other. The car don't go nowhere without a driver and Max ain't jogging a lap time in the 125s, I'll tell you that for a fact. So, Thank you, Bradley, for the super chat. Shout out Nick DeVries because the F1 scoreboard couldn't even get it right on Sunday. Yeah, and shout out 22 drivers when there should be 20 because then I had to change all my graphics, which was slightly inconvenient to me. How dare you? Um, yeah, look, Red Bull are the team to beat next year for sure still. They've got the ATR punishment. <sighs> want to ask this question one more time. One more time. As 66% of you confirm you don't know what a quaver is. Well, I mean, the fact that 34% of you do shows that, well, and only 18% of my audience is, is British. You know, a bit different. Right. Who's in... That red ball alongside Max at the start of 2023. Is it Checo? Is it Daniel? I'll stick in a, an other option. Actually, you know what? That, it, it, there's, it, there's no way it's anyone else other than potentially Daniel. Um, okay, I wrote 2023. I meant 2024. I meant 2024. It's been a long year. Uh, answer the poll as if it says 2024, okay? <laughs> oh, dear. You know, I haven't eaten today. So all this talk of meal deal, maybe that's why um, my blood pressure's dropped or, or something. My blood sugar's dropped, shall I say? Because I've not eaten anything all day and, and we've been talking about meal deals and quavers. Um, so yeah, most of you think, and I, I, I would, would have wanted, I expected to see a bit more from Daniel. I'm not going to lie. I know he's got his injury and that makes it really difficult because I think without the injury, he would have had a much better shot at that 2023 seat. I, 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 th I think Checo's going to have it for the start of next year. And I think also part of that, maybe this racing bulls thing and getting brands on, you know, Peter Bayer, who's the the CEO of um, the CEO of AlphaTauri, now to be racing bulls. He's come out and said, you know, Daniel having Daniel in that team has really helped them bring sponsors in because the sponsors want to be affiliated with Daniel. And if they come into that team and then all of a sudden Daniel moves to the other team, they're like, well, hang on. We wanted Daniel. We wanted to use him for marketing activities for, for us, say Visa, Cash App, whatever. So I think that that could end up, I think the combination of that and the fact that Daniel hasn't been able to quite show that he's, look, maybe they can look at the data and still believe that he'll be quicker than Checo in that red ball. But the only point of, of switching Checo out is if you think you're going to get someone who's going to be more competitive relative to Max and close that gap to Max. Because if they want to, if they want to maximise their chances of winning constructors next year, then they need a driver who's more like a science to a Leclerc rather than a Perez to a. Because the Perez gap to Max is like the Sergeant gap to Albon. It's like the well, it's arguably more in race pace. It certainly is more. It certainly is more. Definitely more. Um, but a driver's title is the thing that people remember. You know. 
the one that sponsors really sign up for. And sure, they get a bit more prize money, the team, but yeah, I don't know. 84% of you think Checo. <sighs> yeah, I, I think I think if I had to put money on it today, I, I'm probably going Checo now, probably for the first time all, all year. I wanted to kind of see the full Daniel, but I do think that, that Checo will have it for the start of next year. And look, listen, I'm judging this based on what I'm seeing. Checo's not close enough to Max. Alex wasn't close enough. Pierre wasn't close enough. I think Daniel's got the best likelihood of being close enough because he's proven that he could. It was a long time ago, 2018, I know. But like he can go close to Max, but not too close to Max. Max was still better than Daniel in 2018. That's that's the important distinction. So, yeah, look, if you any you asked me in the summer break, I I definitely thought like Ricardo would do enough, but I think with the injury and just you know, this this race was like a opportunity. I th I think Daniel kind of he messed up qualifying a bit and relative to Yuki anyway. I expected a bit more from Daniel to be honest, but we'll see. We'll see in time. Thank you, Ahmed, mate. Super chat, 20 quid. Very generous. Thank you, Armin. Appreciate that. Can we talk about Perez Norris, Nor Norris incident and the silly penalty that decided constructors P2? Choose for the great shoulder content. Helped a lot with the boring season. Big up. Well, that, I mean, for me, it's definitely like, look, you, you can look at that and be like, oh, he's ahead at the apex and that's the new rules. Like, I'm not interested in talking about, oh, it should or shouldn't have been punished because of what the rules are. Like, when I look at that incident, do I did I deem that fair within what I believe racing should be? That's how I'm going to talk about things. Okay, that's how that's the only way I'm interested of talking about them things. And BW bring up a good point. Perez admitted that he was out of control in the interview, which was weird because he didn't lock up. But Perez was saying inherently you're out of control when you're going. Well, that's kind of what he was saying. I, I'm paraphrasing somewhat, right? But. He, that's not an like him saying that him saying he was out of control. What what like, that surely that's more reason to give that your responsibility is to have control of your car. You control it through the braking zone. You control it through the apex. You control it out of the corner. Now, yes, you look at Lando's on board. What more is he meant to do? Because you've got. Perez alongside you, you're on the outside. Well, Lando could just cut the corner, of course, but he's not. He wants to stay on the outside. He wants to race. He doesn't want to just cut the corner and drive off and have all palaver switching positions nonsense. All right, like he wants to race, and he, he. I don't know what more Norris could have done there. If you look at Norris's on board, I don't know what more he could have done. And, and Perez, yes, he's not. Is he obliged to hit the apex? No, he's not. He's not obliged to hit the apex. Um, but he is obliged to give racing room. And I don't see how Norris could have given any, any, done anything differently. But at the same time, a five second penalty, I, watching that incident, I felt like it was definitely, like, it's on Perez. But did I think, do I really think a fight, it merited a five second penalty? Because, yeah, Ahmed, you're saying Perez was at fault, but it was a racing incident. 
And I'm kind of inclined to agree, I think. I, th- I think I'm inclined to agree. It's, it's very much on the margin. It did feel like a penalty was harsh. Like straight away, I was like, yeah, that's on Checo for me. But also, is it enough? Is it egregious enough to warrant a penalty? And a five-second penalty, and it's just one of these five-second penalties that they just pump out left, right, and center. That's where it's a bit like, mm, was it really, really necessary? I'm not sure. I, 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 It's more on Perez, but I think I probably would have given it as a racing incident, all things considered. I guess it's like, the thing is you, you do have to kind of measure the outcome and the, you know, they just touched wheels. There wasn't really any negative outcome for it. And you... It's all well and good, like thinking, oh, outcome shouldn't matter, but outcome it just does matter. The outcome does matter. It it just does. Um, when you're making these decisions, I, I I definitely used to prescribe more to the theory that our oh, outcomes not so much of a shouldn't really be considered, but actually it kind of should really. If you push someone onto gravel versus pushing someone onto runoff, well, you're consciously pushing on them onto gravel is very different to you consciously pushing them onto runoff because you know their outcome is going to be different. You know? But yeah, either way. Yeah, uh, that's probably where I sit on it as well, to be honest. I think I agree with you, Ahmed, there. Um, thank you, Pitlane Pulse, as well, for the Super Chat. Says more when the drivers think about the rules of engagement. Stewards are to blame for handling past situations. No control equals penalties, in my opinion. Yeah, perhaps... I mean, again, Checo saying he was out of control was very, hmm, really? Because he didn't seem out of control to me. It just seemed like he tried to squeeze Lando. And like, Lando tried to just take the corner as wide as he could. And Checo, I guess you could say understeer. When I think of out of control, yeah, I guess. Understeer definitely counts as, you know, you're turning the wheel and you're not getting the response you expect in either the form of understeer or oversteer. Typically, when you see an incident like that and it's out of control, it's when someone locks because that's very clear and obvious. You see the puff of smoke, big lockup. So, it's so you know, him understeering, I, I would agree, I guess. So he technically kind of was out of control. And it, also he acknowledged it as well. But It's one of them that's it's, it's on the line. And ultimately, I think that's the kind of call that you know, I think it's racing drivers, ex-racing drivers as stewards who need to be looking at that and making those kind of calls because, you know, I've got a limited... I'm I'm looking from an outside point of view as a fan. I don't... I've never driven an F1 car like none of us have. So I, th- I think someone who's actually educated and driven like a modern-day F1 car should be in the stewards room and be lent on for something like that. Um, but yeah... So if he was out of control, then it probably, oh, it's tough. It's a tough one. If, the thing is, if Checo had locked up, maybe that's the difference. If Checo had locked up, I probably would have said penalty. If Checo, yeah, if Checo locked up, I would have said penalty because he's locked up and he's out of control and he's hit Norris. But he understood, which is still out of control. I don't know. I don't know. We move anyway. We move. Um, Not much more to say on Red Bull, ultimately. Um, Great season for the team.
we move. She drove a Formula One car. Yes, on the game. Finally, Williams. I've just done this in alphabetical order, so that's why we're ending on Williams. Yeah, 22-0 to Alex in qualifying. Logan, stinker in qualifying. Um, James Vowles, very interesting words post-race. I haven't gotten to hand, but um, he was asked about Logan, and he was very open-ended. He was very political in his answer, which, you know, Vowles is very good. I was about to say something very sus. He's very good with his words, uh, James Vowles, and he knows what he's doing. He was very much like, you know, we want to support Logan. Logan's going to be part of the team. He will. He was like, whatever happens, Logan will still be part of our team, which is very, hmm, hmm. Like, James could have just been like, he could have been like, at the end of this race, he'd be like, Logan will be our driver for 2024. He could have done that, and he chose... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, David. That's exactly what I was going to say. He could have done that, and he chose not to. So, the question is, there must he must be considering other options, for sure. For sure, 100%. I think he's probably going to go through all the data. You know, if Logan's got the potential to be good, then he would be silly to throw that potential away for the sake of building up another rookie. If he doesn't believe that Logan's that guy, because... You know, even it, George Russell showed, right? George Russell, George Russell's value to Williams was crazy because he was the only one, like, performing when he was there and getting anywhere near points consistently. Then he also persuade, not persuaded, but helped along Alex's case to get that Williams seat with Josco uh, Pio by putting in a good word for him. And now Alex is killing it there. Um, You know, the value to Williams... Like this season, would they have gained anything more in the constructors by having Logan? No. They wouldn't have gained anything more by having Logan be as good as Alex. But they could have lost P8. And in an in next season, you don't want to be having the conversation where Williams maybe finish you know, if they had two Alexes, they're finishing maybe sixth, but because they've got an Alex and a Logan, they end up finishing eighth or something. You know, that's Tens of millions that that's that's potentially cost them. So, um, look, I, I think Logan, Logan, you know, Logan was the F two driver. I was rating, I was supporting first and foremost last year, um, and I'm, you know, I'm glad for him he got the opportunity. But who are the other names? Because you've got so who? Let me, let me just do this. Sorry. Oh, my keyboard's out of battery, so I'm going to have to use my actual laptop keyboard. Um, who will race alongside Alex next year? Oh, sorry, who would you choose? Would you choose to race alongside Alex next year? So, obviously, Freddie Vesti, Mercedes young driver, similar, to, similar position to where George was, and obviously George was a very... Ver they only got. They always knew they were going to lose George, did Williams, hence why they were looking at Magnussen, weren't they? They were talking about replacing George with Magnussen. So Magnussen Latifi at Williams. And then Magnussen was like, this can't be a serious team if they're going to replace George with me. Like, no. Um, 
So so Vesti, if Vesti could if Vesti could get close to Alex, that could end up paying dividends, even if it means that they lose him after a couple of years. But then obviously Mercedes also have um they have a lot of kind of talent coming through, like Kimi Antonelli, for example, if he delivers on his promise, then maybe Vesti won't be needed. Um and then could stay at Mercedes, uh, stay at Williams, perhaps. So there's Vesti, there's Drogovic, obviously did a great job in FP1, um, quicker than Lance. A way into Aston Martin is not looking amazing for him. And he could go to Williams and do a job there. They could kind of send him to Williams, Aston Martin. Thing is, if Fernando just wants to stay, then I don't see how Felipe gets a seat, and then maybe Drogovic moves to becomes kind of Williams Academy. Mick's already been taken off of the table as an option by James Vowles. We've already heard him mention that. Um, so there's Drogovic, and obviously F two champion last year as well, pretty dominant F two champion at that as well. Um, so Vesti Drogovic Lawson. And then the final young driver, you have to say Porsche, right? Because Porsche just won F2. Um, he is Sauber Academy, but a year of Porsche at Williams, where he could potentially do well for Williams. You know, I don't know how watertight that Sauber contract is for Porsche. But I think Porsche, Albon, at Williams, with Vowles at the helm, and if Porsche can, maybe there is some kind of exit clause on his on his Sauber contract, who knows. Hard to say. MGT, Porsche's last win in March was March 5th. He's a fraud. He also got seven podiums in feature races this year. Vesti only got five. So... Feature races, reverse grid sprints, Vesti cleaned up. That's where he got most of his wins. But in the feature races, Porsche was very, very good. So don't get it twisted. I, I know people like to criticise because Porsche only won one race all year. But he was consistent. Lando only won one race in his F2 season in 2018. And he still finished second. So consistency is going to be way more important to a team um, analysing a driver's... You know, as Vesti made some big mistakes. He got bad luck as well, Zanfort, when his wheels fell off. Um, but he made some, you know, spa into the wall. Um, just dropped it on his own. Monza. I think... Um, I think, yeah, I think... I think trying to go at Porsche for that is a bit... But at the same, like I, I do think Porsche has definitely got a mistake in him. He does. He does have a mistake. I remember, was it Zanvoort last year? I remember him having a bit of a stinker. Maybe it was this year. Who knows? Because that F2 season is just so fragmented. Um, but no, I would... Well, 36% of you are saying Lawson. Lawson would make a lot of sense. He is the one out of those four names who has actually done it and proven that he can do it. Does Lawson does Lawson have a long term future at Red Bull? You know, would Williams 
this is the thing, because we just don't know how watertight these contracts are behind closed doors, like how watertight Drogovic is with Aston Martin, Vesti with Mercedes, Porsche with Sauber, Lawson with Red Bull. We just don't know. We just don't know. In Saudi, Porsche, T-Bone, Bem, and he did. Yeah, that was a stinker, actually, from Porsche. Yeah, look, Porsche's, Porsche's got a mistake in him. And, and I think that is the one concern I would have if I was, you know, involved in that decision-making. Yeah, Porsche's outright pace is, is great, but he has already got quite a catalogue of errors. Um, although, ironically, it was the consistency that got him the title this year and not he wasn't winning races left, right and centre at all. But, but yeah, I, I, I think out of those four names, I think the contract situation would definitely play a role. Ultimately, obviously, Vesti... Drogovic, they're both Mercedes Aston Martin, which are Mercedes powered teams, just like Williams. Porsche, it's obviously that Sauber Ferrari powered. Again, how much of that makes a has an effect? You know, Williams has been kind of used as a Mercedes junior team, I guess, for George. But I mean, that was just quite quite isolated. Out of those four, I would I would pick Lawson because I think that a team like Williams needs. Need some, I mean, you can't guarantee anything, but they need some kind of confidence and he's the one who's been here and done it. So he's the one I'd be most confident about. But also potentially keeping his services long-term. Keeping services long-term, I'd probably be most confident in maybe Vesti, just as I think Mercedes have Kimi coming through. Um, but yeah. So I'd agree with you. 37% of you said Lawson, 28 Drogovic, 23 Vesti, and 12% of you said Porsche. So it's quite an even spread, to be fair. Alex and Liam, teammates in DTM. True, Rodsey. I didn't even think of that. And actually, that's where Lawson outperformed Albon, for sure. In DTM, Alex struggled relative to Liam. Um, that, that would be a vibe. Uh, Alex and Liam... Alex and Liam at uh, Williams. Look, James Vowles has the data to make the right decision. I think Lawson has shown, Lawson showed more in his few races than Sargent has all season. Even though Sargent's shown potential speed, he's made mistakes when it matters. Big mistakes. Not good enough. And Mick Schumacher's not going to get that seat. He's going to Alpine, isn't he, for, uh, for Weck. So... Good opportunity for him at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, cool. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. So again, end of season ranking video will be coming later this week. So if you haven't already, uh, link in the description of this YouTube video uh, on my Twitter, wherever you consume this, you will be able to find a link somewhere. Um, so you can fill it out. I'm going to maybe leave it a couple of days for... for get a good glug of responses hopefully and yeah rate each driver from from one stinker to 10 perfect banger whatever whatever you want to call it did i did, oh yeah did i miss any supers super do because you lot have been very generous today and i do appreciate that end of season very kind but make sure you're spending money on the people you know and love. Thank you, Adonis, for the 499 super. Vegas showed us how mid Miami is, but could you see the Miami weekend using IndyCar and NASCAR as a support for the weekend? That's actually a sick idea. 
I love that as an idea, Adonis. Like almost bringing the sports together. I think Indian, uh, it was really cool seeing Pat Ward in the paddock this weekend. Um, I think he's got a lot to give. I think he would be a great servant to an F1 team for sure. And maybe if Lando does move on, I think Oscar and, and Pato and McLaren, I think they'd be in very good hands. And look, McLaren can't ignore the, you know, when Checo does and eventually hang up his, his boots, I think Pato potentially could take on that mantle as the the driver that really commands that um, Latin American fan base in, in the same way that, that Checo does right now. So yeah, I, th I think they're in a good place. And I think that's a really good idea. Combining Miami with like IndyCar, NASCAR, I think IndyCar specifically, I think would be really cool. NASCAR would be cool, don't get me wrong, but I think IndyCar makes more sense. Having that as like a back-to-back Indy F1 weekend, because I think both series can benefit from each other, definitely. And I think going around the same track as well. Um, that That's actually a really cool idea. I like that, Adonis. Next time I see old uh, Stefano, I'll give him a little one of them. Roger Penske, Stefano Domenicali, stick him in a room together and hash that one out. Love it. Love it. Um, wow, this has been a two-hour, 15-minute stream. And it's been fun. It's fl Time flies when you're chatting nonsense, and that's what I always do. So thank you for joining for these streams this year in 2023. Um, they're going to be back next year. Obviously, I will still be doing streams if any news comes out um, between now and the start next year, I guess, the, the kind of testing. When we get testing, I'll do some chinwags. Um, we'll have a little chat. And yeah, if any news pops up. Um, but yeah, got a few videos. Want to get some videos out front and center. A, because obviously it's post-season now, so there's some, again, reacting to predictions, um, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, also, ad rates are good in November. So I won't be doing as many videos in January because the ad rates aren't as good. Sorry, I take that stuff into account. But don't worry, I've got actually two really interesting videos. Actually, no, that's no, that's a lie. That is definitely a lie because, yeah, there will be at least four videos in January. So actually, I've just completely lied to you. I've literally just lied to your face. Um, even though the ad rates aren't good, there's cool there's there's one really cool opportunity which is going to hopefully give two videos. Um, also, yes, Joe, the merch should be being dispatched today. In fact, I'm literally going to text my supplier now. Um, there's been a lot of delays, to be honest. It's 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 been frustrating. I was hoping to get them um, online sooner rather than later. But if they come late later next week, this week, sorry. Um, then yeah, I'll, I'll chase that up after we're done. So yeah, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for taking the time. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, to like the stream, to comment down below if you've got this far. Um, comment the word is my um, Bluetooth speaker, which I, I love this. I love. I got this as like a birthday Christmas gift like a year ago or something. It's a Marshall speaker. So tuck Marshall. Marshall is the secret word. If you got this far in the live podcast. Let's call this a live podcast, you know? There's no cuts. It's just it's two hours of me talking. What more could you want? Um, stick that in the comments below the YouTube video, or I think you, I can put that in the audio only as a question, and you can respond, Marshall. Bosh, lovely. Um, see you later in this week uh, video. 
um, reacting to my preseason predictions is the next the first one I'm going to do. But then again, make sure you fill out the end of season rankings. Okay, ratings. I should have called it ratings, really, shouldn't I? But ten is good, one is bad. Okay, that's all you need to know. Bosh. Right. Thank you all for coming. And oh, I'll, I'll get Minton to say goodbye. Minton, come on. Hello, sleepy boy. Hello. Hello, boy. Oh, and the pink light's gone off. It ran out of battery. Perfect timing. There you go. Right. Say bye to your loyal, loving fans. Yes. Well, you're so warm. He's very warm. The star is back. Pleasure as always, everyone. Thank you all for joining. And I will see you next time.